Okay. Ready? We'll do. A, let's do one, two, three, four, five, and then clap on six. Okay. But do. But you got to do the ands. One and two and three and four. That. Yes. And then we'll clap five and and clap on six. Yep. Okay. Here we go. Ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Together, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. No. Here we go. Okay. One and two and three and four and five and. Oh, I forgot to clap. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Dude, no latency at all. That's crazy. I still had some, unfortunately. Oh, I had zippity dips. I just do not understand how it works, because when we're talking, it seems as if there's no latency. It's so fucking weird. Yeah, it is weird because you're going to line up this audio with this Skype call and it's going to be, there's not going to be any latency. So it's bizarre to me. Well, you ready to jump in? I thought we already were making magic. <laughs> well, okay. Well, I this don't is really how, know this where is to how go we mix. That. This is how we mix it up for folks. Ah. We mix it up with a little bit of the old. We're already rolling. We had a dash of, let me jump on something while you jump on something. And then we mix in a little zip. And then we mix in some other stuff. <laughs> a little chaos sauce. Never hurt anybody. Well, there, there is something I wanted to talk about. And I hope that you've seen this movie too so that we can talk about it. Talk about Midsummer. God damn it, dude. I've been wanting to see it. Uh, I don't think it's out here yet. Don't tell me anything about it. Just oh, the fucking boy. trailer looks cool. Well, did you see Hereditary last year? It's the same director. I haven't seen it because that chick that's in it, I don't like. I can't look at Tony her. Tony Collette? I can't look at her. Why not? Something about her face is too weird for me. What, well, what, what else the, was she in? Uh, Tony Collette? Uh, I don't know, but uh, a quick Google search will render us with the information we desire. Yeah, desire. Look, at, look it up. She was in something where I'm like, I can't watch her anymore, unfortunately. Tony Collette, IMDb. Oh, she's Australian. I didn't know that. She's a what? Uh, Little Miss Sunshine, About a Boy, The Sixth Sense. She's Australian. Oh man, that's what it is, dude. When somebody you have that had, problem. Yeah, when somebody has an accent and then they pretend that they're like American, it fucks with my brain. She was in Krampus. That was a good Christmas horror movie from a few years back. Well, you're really missing out, man, because Hereditary was incredible, and it was this Ari Aster's first film, and then he's come back out this year with Midsummer, which is easily the best horror film of the year so far. I mean, Jordan Peele, who did Get Out and Us, is just freaking out about Midsummer. Uh, can we talk about Us, which I just saw? Yeah, we can talk about Us. That movie, sus. What? <laughs> That movie, I was trying to run with us. That movie sucks. Oh, I thought it, I didn't think it was as good as Get Out, but I liked it. Uh, it wasn't as good as Get Out because it was stupid. What was stupid about it? Um, okay, let's see. The premise? <laughs> God damn it, dude. That. That hands across America. There were so many loopholes in that thing. I was like, what? No, thanks. No wonder it got horrible reviews. It is hard to believe that all the people underground were just doing the same thing that the people above ground were doing. 
Oh yeah. Oh no. That yeah. That's what I'm talking. That's the part that was stupid. If they would have never shown all the people underground doing stuff, then I would have been like, okay, I, maybe I can buy it. Maybe. But as soon as they showed them underground, like connected and bumping into walls and shit, I was like, what? No way. Because you just imagine them doing that for thirty years. It's like, okay. Well, first of all. Show me somebody masturbating. Wasn't a single person masturbating down there. And there was definitely a, a bunch of people up, up on, above ground masturbating. I did think that the twist was kind of creepy, though. For those of you, spoiler alerts if you want to skip ahead. But it was creepy that the twist was that the real kid was up down there the whole time. I knew the, that from I knew that from the beginning. I knew that was the case. I Isabel did the same thing. I never I don't try to figure movies out when I'm watching them. I don't either, but I told Laura I'm like, "Oh, she's the she's the cuz she can they tell you right at the beginning she comes back and she can't talk. I'm like, "Oh yeah, she's they were switched." Well, I just thought she'd been traumatized by what she saw. I was traumatized by what I saw when I watched that movie. Let me get your opinion on something because I've been having this Fairly intense Twitter debate with several people the last two days. And, you know, Stephen King historically shits on Kubrick's The Shining. And I've always I've always thought that was disingenuous of him. You know, he's like historically said that that's a bad movie. And I like took this like poll on Twitter. And it seems that everybody thinks that the Kubrick movie is not that good. I think it's a fucking masterpiece. You've seen The Shining recently? I saw it when it came out. I saw it overseas i lived in a very small air force base with my parents when i was about oh, i don't know 14 or 15 and they would show movies in this sort of like cafeteria on like a, a screen that you'd like set up yourself and then they would like send in the re like the actual reels and we watched it on that i remember it like it was yesterday and uh I remember watching that movie. The first thing I noticed, the very first scene when they're when they're kind of uh, flying into where the uh, overlook is, mm-hmm. they had this like kind of drone shot, but it wasn't a drone. I love hel- that helicopter scene. Yeah, yeah. But you could see the uh, you could see the shadow of the plane, and I was like, uh, "That's a mistake." I just remember going. You shouldn't see that shadow there. That's a mistake that they made. And then I didn't think the movie was good at all when I saw it. Like, I thought, wow. I was like, this movie's kind of st- stupid. And it doesn't follow the book at all. The book is fucking scary as fuck, dude. I mean, that movie's sort of scary and it's creepy and there's some creepy scenes in it. And Jack Nicholson is amazing. And so, so mm-hmm. what's her name? Shelley Long. Shelley Long's great. The Wait, is it Shelley Long? What's her name? It's some who it's Duval or something like that. Oh Shelley yeah, Shelley Duval. That's it. Um, she's cool. Uh, Scamman Crothers is like borderline. That's some racist shit. I feel like, and um, I don't know, man. I I I like it now just because it's such an iconic movie, and there's such you know the Jack Nicholson stuff is so good and so fun that I enjoy the movie now. But I definitely didn't like it when I when I saw it when it first came out. I was like, mm, no, no. Had you already read the novel? Um, I'm not sure, but I read everything that Stephen King wrote back then, so I have a feeling I had, I had already read it. And well, uh, he was on a roll in the '70s, man. In the you got Carrie and Salem's Lot, Christine, Pet Cemetery. 
Pet Cemetery, Cujo. Yeah, the, there were the all, books. The books he put out on, under under his pseudonym, the Bachman books. Did you ever read that stuff? I did. I didn't like him as much. I thought where he started, I thought where where his books started getting worse was it. Like it was too long. Oh, I loved it. Like the fact that he would he would go into those characters' lives, and I'd be like, "Come on, dude! I don't give a fuck. Get back to the goddamn Pennywise or whatever that fucking." Get back to the story. I'm tired of hearing all this fucking. For uh, for midsummer, you see the trailer for it too. It looks pretty good, oh, dude. I'm looking forward to it. How about that cast, dude? Fucking Bill Hader. I know Bill Hader, amazing. Jonah Hill is in it, I think. Uh, I don't know if Jonah Hill's in it. Um, that chick's in it. That's in everything. That's so great. Um, damn. Uh, she was in Zero Dark Thirty. Jessica Chastain. Oh yeah, that chick is heiss. <laughs> heiss. Yeah, that's German for. Let's get into some emails. We have an email address, bobandclint at gmail.com. You, you cool with jumping into some emails? I would love nothing more. Are we? Do we have anything from EBD? EOB. EOB. We, we, we're backlogged a little bit with EOB. Um, I can read his most current one. Well, let's, let's do it as you see fit. Well, it's about episode 33, which was less levity, more brevity, which I don't really remember the details of, but this is what he has to say about that. He says, wow, that was pretty intense. You guys were clearly in two different mind spaces, exactly as you said, Clint. You were coming in light, setting it up, and Bob was just letting them drop like fucking lead balloons. Bob clearly wrestling with something, and it was clearly weighing heavy on his mind and heart. Psyched you guys created the space and forum through which he could address this thing, work through it, exercise it, and move on, because that shit will leap you up, man. And I can only imagine how often Bob has to go through these mental and emotional acrobatics it's got to be utterly draining and debilitating, especially for a guy like Bob. But he gets right back on that fucking horse every single time, rides it back out on stage, dismounts, and lays himself bare in the line of fire, time after time, night after night. Thanks, man, for sucking it up, taking the hits. We'd really miss you if you decided you just couldn't take it anymore, said fuck it and hung it up, or decided to close yourself up to the degree that you could no longer give all you can give and put out all that you have to offer. It would just suck for you and for us. But who can blame you, man? Not the ones who love you out here. Not the ones who would miss you the most. Not the ones who would feel the loss of the greatest. Anyway, man, hang in there and slip trigger a few more sugar cubes for the effort. You keep bringing the hay, we'll keep bringing the oats. I can't believe it. (laughs) I can't believe it. (laughs) Keep going. That's the end. Peace and love, EOB. Oh, my. That was EOB? That's EOB. Dude, I thought that thing was going to end like 35 times and it kept going. I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, Yeah, I don't know what he's talking about. Uh, I'm sensitive. So, yeah, shit hits me real hard. But guess what? I'm like the monk. You know the story about the two Buddhist monks and they're they're not supposed to touch anybody. um, I don't know that story. Yeah, they're just walking along. They're not supposed to be like. They're not supposed to interact with anybody. They're walking along and this kid falls down and the one monk reaches down and picks the kid up, makes sure he's okay and sends a, fucks the kid and then sends the kid on his way. He doesn't fuck the kid. I just added Zip. that. <laughs> Anyways, he picks the kid up and then they, they keep walking. And then like, you know, a few minutes later, the other monk turns to him and goes, what the fuck, dude? You're not supposed to touch anybody. We took a vow. And he's like, dude. I fucking set that kid down 30 minutes ago and haven't thought about him since. And you've been carrying him this whole way. 
This is really a story. It's a, a proverb or I don't know whatever the <laughs> fuck it's called, a fable. Anyways, okay. I feel like EOB, that's that he's that other monk and he's looking at me going, what's up with the lead balloons? And I'm like, dude, I dropped them lead balloons, got on stage, laid a golden egg, and now I'm ready to lay some more golden eggs and also avoid the lead balloons because that shit's toxic. How does it feel for you knowing that there are people out there who care about you to such a degree? It makes me real nervous. That's like too much of a caring degree. I like caring, <laughs> but not caring too much. That's well, my there's comfort caring zone. and there's sharing. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's caring, there's sharing and there's scaring. Yeah. More, this episode should be called more caring, less scaring. Kevin Van Dam writes, who's a friend of uh, metal up your podcast. He says, Bob and Clint, Billy Eilish has found fame at a very young age. Do you think this will adversely affect her as I do? She's technically an adult, but is there a place for parents in the situation to buffer the influence of the industry? Or is it up to her to find genuine friends and mentors to assist her in an industry that, as I see it, feeds indiscriminately upon anyone who can generate revenue? And then he ends his email by saying, zip. Uh, she's got a song about killing herself. Also, she's eating spiders. I think she'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, she seems very well grounded. Yeah. No need for any parental intervention what would you do if scarlet was 16 dude and I, I, I would be so proud of her i think that billy Eilish shit is so cool and so yeah. interesting and i love what she writes about i love all those videos i would be over the moon if she did that stuff and she's like not wearing she's not she's she's like she's wearing a sweatsuit like it's so cool like she's not whoring herself out i love i love it all I read that she wears all that baggy shit to to basically disassociate herself from being uh, seen as a sex symbol or, or mixing sex in with her whole deal. I'll also say all the interviews I've seen with her, she seems really, really normal and funny and cool. Yeah. She's an artist, dude. That's art. Like what she's doing is art. It's also luckily somehow weirdly intersected with commerce and she's doing really well, but that's a true artist. I, I love, I think she's great. That's a good answer. Uh, Bill, Brian Ward, this is about the episode, uh, the Arkham Asylum Lady episode. He says, hey guys, I was really impressed with Bob's willingness to take a sensitive and controversial issue and unload it for the fans to hear his side. It says a lot about the character of a person to do something like that. The band I'm in has had similar people tell us what we should do to be more successful. Don't talk about blank, don't be rude, etc. I find it interesting that Bob can't talk about carb intakes, but an athlete, but an athlete can hit his wife. A performer can play songs about sleeping with underage girls and people still support them. It's bizarre. Clint, it reminds me of the guy who felt compelled to take your hat for a photo. These people feel entitled to disregard your comfort because they paid to see a show without realizing that that was never part of the contract. The contract is you pay for a show, I play a show. You don't owe anyone anything more than that. Just my meandering thought. Have fun, guys. Brian. Yeah, if only everybody could have as much like uh, insight as that dude, we'd, we'd be living in a world that where shit would be a lot cooler. For sure, I don't. I, that's the problem. I was like, people. I don't even know if they're. I mean, it's it's a combination of there's a graph, and on one side it's stupidity, and then the other side it's alcohol, or you know, and, and it's just depending on how stupid and how drunk they are, they just do stupid shit. So, I don't know. You can't. I don't. I try not to take any of it personally. That the the lady on stage. 
that was so bizarre to me and so crazy that I wasn't angry. I was more like, it was kind of making me laugh in a way, but I also was scared. I was scared, but I was scared. I was scared and questioning it and not scared and like taking it personally and being angry. Like at no point did I go, Oh, that lady's trying to fuck with me. No, that lady had no idea what she was doing. So even though it scared me and even though I said some shit that whatever, obviously hit this other person that was there pretty hard. Um, which obviously I wasn't trying to fuck that other person up at all. I was trying to fuck the person up that was doing that stupid shit on stage. But uh Well, that chick that chick wrote back in too, and it's it's oh interesting. My, oh my god, let's hear that. You want to hear that too? It's it's a I, bit I long. Don't know, I don't it can't be as long as that EOB thing. Good god. I believe it's a I believe it's a little bit longer. <laughs> well, hopefully it doesn't pretend to end a bunch of times like EOBs. <laughs> Hey man, I, I like EOB's contributions. So okay, I love okay. EOB. Don't get me wrong, but dude, I'm telling you, it was like the guy you invite for dinner, and he keeps like getting up, like he's gonna go, and then he sits down and has another helping, and then he's and he's getting up to go, and then he's like, "Oh, I'll have a piece of pie," and then he's getting up to go, and he's like, mm, "I'm gonna fuck your wife," and then he gets up to go, and he's like, "I'm gonna fuck your wife again," and then he gets up to go and goes, "Can I use your toilet? Is there toilet <laughs> paper in there? Because I gotta make a boop." Boo. And Can I use your toilet? Can I use your bathroom to fuck your wife in? <laughs> and then he gets up and he poops on my wife. And then he gets up and then he leaves. And then I'm sad. Well, for those of you who need hold a on. little... Uh, hold on real quick. Zip. <laughs> no one laughs harder at the zip joke than Bob Schneider, folks. No one. Uh, okay, so right. for those of you who need a refresher, Allison Patel wrote in. She's a big fan of the show and of, of Bob's music. And she was the one who was upset about what Bob said to the Arkham Asylum lady, henceforth known forever now as the Arkham Asylum lady. And uh, we spent a whole episode talking about that, and uh, this is her response to that episode. The subject reads, follow-up. Hi, guys. Thank you for reading and discussing my previous note. Much appreciated. I wanted to touch base one more time, and then I won't pester you again. Uh, she does say no need to read this on the podcast, but of course that was never going to not happen. Um she says, Bob, you explained yourself quite well. I'm not sure what to think about it. You stated that you were, quote unquote, scared to death when she was up on stage. Really? I get what you're saying. And to the average Joe who doesn't ever perform, I understand. That would be scary if someone came up there. Like Clint explained about his experience, quite uncomfortable to say the least. But really, you had all those thoughts of the world being full of crazy people and your family being safe, etc. Even Clint said that it was a mild overreaction. Thanks, Clint. Anyway, I get that people coming up on stage is alarming for sure. However, once she had gone back to her seat, you could have addressed it differently. That's the first paragraph. Okay, shall I, is shall there I any, continue? No, let's not continue. Unless there's something like really cool at some point. That's Is there anything profound that she says or anything that needs to be addressed that she says? I mean, I think that anything cool or profound is going to come from me and you. Well, I, that's the thing. I just don't think people understand what it is when you're on stage. Well, first of all, I don't think people understand what it is to be me. Like, I'm up there performing, and granted, I have this weird thing where I have zero self-esteem. And what that means is I don't – I think I'm a worthless piece of shit. But at the same time, I have this huge ego where I feel like I'm really good at what I do. So – and you have to have that ego if you're going to make art or if you're going to perform. There has to be some part of you that says you're great at this 
for you to do it. If you don't have that, you're never going to do it. You're just never going to make art. You're never going to perform because there's going to be part of you that says, I can't do this. But if there's a part of you that says, I can do this and I'm great at it, that's the part that gets you on stage. But now at the same time that you're on stage, I have this feeling where I suck as a person. I'm not a good person. I'm not lovable. Nobody loves me. Why would they love me? I'm Where a does piece, that come from? I'm, Where does I, that come from? I don't know. It, it's, it, I, it, I've always had it. So, And the only thing that kind of keeps me afloat is this idea that if I perform well and do well and uh, create something, then I'll be okay. Then, then I'll be lovable because of what I do, not because of who I am or what I do. So what ends up happening is when something crazy like that happens on stage and it threatens this thing that I do to save myself, to save myself from dying. And that's the feeling. And I know that's not what's happening. I'm aware of it. But the feeling that I have is I have to do this or I'm going to die. And the thing that's saving me from that death is now threatened because of some crazy shit that happens. I get really scared. Now people people don't understand that because maybe they're not as sensitive as I am or maybe they just, maybe they, a lot of people are like, my son and probably my daughter are like, they're okay. They don't have to impress anybody. I, I finally watched that um, Kanye uh, West interview with uh, David Lennon. Oh, no, the Letterman one. The David Letterman one. And it was great. Like, I really enjoyed it. I've always kind of thought, I ha- I've had a pretty low opinion of Kanye West as a, as a human, not as a as a songwriter. I, I think Producer. he's done, done some great work. But as a person, I've never really seen much of him outside of his work that I liked. But I have to say, that interview was eye-opening. Like, he was pretty charming much smarter than I thought, and crazy, and talks about being crazy, talks about being bipolar and what that is. And um, why am I saying this? Oh, (laughs) I guess I'm saying this because I do feel like he has this thing where he does think he's great. Like, not only does he have a big ego, but I think he has pretty good sense of self-esteem as well. It's like a combination which... I wish I had the combo. I just have the one, the ego. And I think, you know, people, when I'm on stage, I'm saying all this stuff. I'm doing all this stuff because I'm trying to be entertaining. I'm trying to get people to laugh. I'm trying to, you know, and they, and then people think that's who I am. They think, oh, he's this guy. He says crazy shit. He has all, you know, they think they take my songs literally. And then they create this idea of who I am. He really is going to the H-E-B. Well, I, I do go to the HB. But I don't I am going to the H Hey bye. I don't do that when I go to the HB. I go, hey uh sweet, I'm gonna go to the H B after the gig tonight. Just text me if you need anything. But when mm-hmm. I'm on stage, that's not what I say. But maybe I will start doing that. Yeah. Did we address everything? Uh I don't know. I don't know. This either. is this is just all you talking. So I'm just letting you talk. <laughs> that was the longest I've ever talked. Oh really? I don't think so, my friend. <laughs> In this podcast, uh, she writes more, and we can address it or not. I don't. I, whatever it doesn't. I don't, I don't care. No, I don't want it. I, I don't think you and her really see eye to eye. And she, but I'll tell you this: as far as someone who's going to disagree with you, she seems very. Uh, she seems very cool and chill about it all, which 
I'll take that any day. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't think she believes what I'm saying. That's the problem. Like she's she's not taking me at my word. Like I think she thinks I'm making this stuff up so that I sound uh cooler or something or or like I'm saying it so that people will have sympathy for me or something, but I'm not I don't really care that much. I I'm just saying it because it's the truth. Well, to your point, her last thing that she actually writes is about that. She says, regarding your comment about the things you say while on stage, i.e. pussy, anal, poop, etc., you calling yourself an artist, and I call bullshit on that being the excuse. There are lots of artists who don't do those things. That's a cop-out. Call it what you will. I'm not asking you to change. I like the variations that you make artistically, and it's one of the many reasons why I love your music. It's also different, changes a lot, and it's not any one genre. If you don't want to stop using that language on stage, fine. It doesn't bother me as long as it's not aimed at someone personally. Many artists are looked upon as role models, and there are thousands of people that see you and listen to you. So when some people hear Bob Schneider making fat-shaming comments and they admire you, those people now have permission to think it's okay to do it, too. It needs to stop. What say ye to that? I don't I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, here's... I say all kinds of shit on stage. I use the word pussy. I talk about anal. I talk about having sex with Jesus sometimes. I do all, I say all kinds of crazy things. I only say it if I think it's going to be funny. If I think something's going to be funny, I, nothing is off limits as long as I think it's funny. Now, if you take what I say literally, it won't be funny. It'll be horrible and awful and offensive. But that's my intention is that what I'm saying is so crazy and so ridiculous that that's why it's funny. Did I think that lady was actually the 50 year old Harlequin and that there's an Arcan asylum and that she's been eating a high carb diet at the Arkham Asylum? If you think that I believe that and that's true, then you obviously, I don't know what that means. And I know that lady doesn't think she knows I was making a joke about it, but she's not throwing it all in the joke camper. She's just, she goes, oh yeah, that's a joke, but I don't like the joke because it, right, it, right. It, it's, it's, it's a, you know, you're saying that this lady's overweight and, um, and that's not funny. Uh, it's not funny to that lady. It was funny to a lot of people at that show. A lot of people laughed. You can hear it in the audio. And uh, did I go on and on about that? Uh, is that something I do all the time? No. I said two little things. To be mean. To be mean and funny. That's what you do when somebody disrupts your show. If you're a comedian or an artist and somebody disrupts your show... You try to fuck them up as hard as you can. In the past, I've fucked people up way, way harder than that lady. The reason I didn't fuck that lady up so hard is because I thought this lady's probably mentally insane. She's probably <laughs> insane. And so I couldn't get too mad at her because she was clearly unhinged. So I felt kind of bad for her at the same time. You know, when when you're in the cage with the fucking lions and the tigers, you've got to snap your whip at them and let them know, hey, snap. Get the fuck away from me, you crazy ass fucking tiger. I'm the guy. Well, you're all, I'm you're the, also sending a message to people who might also want to participate. And because 
you know, if you flip that around for Allison, this lady jumping on stage like that, she might have been sending a message or giving permission to other drunk or unhinged fans that, oh, we can go writhe around on the floor in front of Bob Schneider while he plays. You don't no. want that message proliferated either. No, the message is if you do that, Bobby's going to snap his whip at you. <laughs> and not in a sexual way, not in the bedroom. No, that my, my dick does not make a snapping noise. I don't have the kind of dip that I don't have the kind of dick that makes a snapping noise. Not anymore. Not since the operation. Of course, I've never had one. It makes it more about it. More it makes it more about whap whap. It, it doesn't. It just it's a whap whap and not a snappy snap. Right. Okay. Well, more more opportunities for what jokes. sound is what sound is your dash. <laughs> what sound does your dick make? <sighs> it just sighs. It makes a sighing, tired sound like an old lady. Who, hold before like you an old on. like an old cobbler. Before you go any further, though, you get to make the oldest, most boring joke in the history of "I'm okay, you're okay." Okay, he right. Dude, I saw Kevin Nealon on Conan O'Brien, and they hit a spot where uh, where there was just a moment where they weren't talking, and Kevin goes, where's that waiter? Oh, man, it was so funny. I swear to God, Kevin Nealon is one of the funniest guys, period. Have you been watching uh, Hiking with Kevin Nealon? No, I never really liked Kevin Nealon. Uh, you should check it out. It's really great. He's so... Uh, talk about a guy who's just, you just end up liking the guy. There's nothing to not like about him. He's not as funny as like David Spade or something, but he's quietly very funny. He wasn't funny in Saturday Night Live. He didn't stand out. But He uh, had Mr. Subliminal. That was a pretty fun character. Yeah, I mean, he that was, was about it. I mean, you have to be funny to get on that show. He just wasn't, Absolutely. He wasn't a standout guy, but in in real life, like he's a great guest. And he's a great sort of, he's a great sort of guy that you can, that can sit there and allow you to be funny. Like he allowed other people around him to be funny, uh, which is his real thing. And anyways, that hiking with, with Kevin Nealon, uh, he has great guests. It's worth watching and it's free because it's on YouTube. Well, that's one of the things Conan always says about himself. I have been watching Conan on Without Borders, which is awesome. Oh, I love it. But he talks a lot about like, you know, he wants to bring people into the comedy, you know, he wants to make people, he wants people to be their funniest selves. Yeah. He basically talks about, he's been doing that from the beginning. I didn't realize how funny he was because I would just watch his show and his show was not that funny. But now that I know who he is, because I basically, I listened to his podcast and realized how funny he was. Then I watched Without Borders, which was amazing. And then I think the least successful in terms of showcasing how funny he is, is his show. But right. once you get to know him through those other mediums, uh, you realize, oh, this guy's a genius. The funniest shit on his podcast is when he's just, it's him and his assistant and he's like reading ads and stuff. Oh, the ads. Are, shit. They're so funny. Yeah. I know. He's, he's great. All right. We are out of time now, though. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you can leave us a positive review on iTunes. It goes a long way. Uh, I think we're up to 90, which is awesome. Here's what I want you to do if you're listening to this podcast. Even if you've written a review, go write another one. <laughs> set up another account. Set up a whole new life with a whole new family and write the iTunes review, please. That would be really cool. We or, also have just, or, or share it with people. You know, share it with somebody that you like. That's that's real that's really the key. 
uh, is, you know, like put it on your Facebook and go, hey, check this out. This shit is, this guy's got some problems. <laughs> These guys are not okay. These guys are not okay. You can also email us, bobandclint at gmail.com. We will read it on the show, even if you ask us not to. And uh, check out our other podcast, The Song Club, and Metal Up Your Podcast. And that's it for this week, folks. All right. We'll see you next time. (laughs) 